you've got to have you know, a foundation somewhere and you've got to have that ride or die friend or friends. I know their schedule, so I know that if I'm at work, I've got three or four guys I can call that'll step in and handle stuff. My water heater blows up, I, I make that call, it's handled. We kind of have to be on our A game or it falls apart. And it, believe me, it falls apart. If I could learn something from another man who's walked in front of me, I, that would be wisdom. I've got to remember to be humble. The last thing my wife needs is a problem solver showing up and telling her how to fix things. Barking yeah. orders. What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. What do you need? Plug and play. Yeah. It just doesn't ever seem to work. This is your domain. You are here way more than me. Okay? Because I would put that silverware drawer over here. Because where you got it is stupid. <laughs> now, that's a conversation that you can have, but I don't recommend it. Okay? The, the, and I'm going to tread a little lighter. I'm going to come into that and say, okay, this is where we're going to put this. Very good. She's the queen of this place. You know, like, she's a CEO. I have to. She'll beat my ass. If you're a man that controls his own destiny, a man that is always in the pursuit of being better, you are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, this is the Alpha Corps. Our guest today was nominated and selected as the 2022 Alpha Quorum Father of the Year. Jason Baker and his wife are the parents of eight children, five of whom are adopted. They met in the shadows of Zion National Park and have been married for 27 years. Jason has worked as a firefighter and paramedic for over 20 years. They have horses, chickens, and ducks, and their children have competed in FFA livestock shows and have restored classic cars They've enjoyed life a little slower in their rural hometown outside of Las Vegas, Nevada. Jason, his sons, and most of the men in his family are all Eagle Scouts. He admits that his wife Heidi is pretty much the boss and teaches about some of the things that they have figured out together and makes note of some of his regrets and things he's still working on as a man. His wife and children each wrote a surprise note to their dad that we read to him toward the end of the show. Check this out, fellas. Welcome back to the Alpha Quorum Show. Brad Singletary here. I'm super excited about our episode today. So it's Memorial Day weekend, 2022, and I have... Sunday uh, night at 5 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Brad. <laughs> Sorry, dude. we, we got to right make it work for everybody. Thanks, brother. We, but we just want to welcome to the show Jason Baker. <laughs> Thank you, sir. So... We appreciate you being here, man. It's only been like 14 years since we had a proper conversation. So mm. glad to have well, yeah. you, have yeah, you about, back in. Yeah, uh, about 15, actually two weeks shy of 15 if you want to. Well, probably more than that. But What's the history right. on that? Well, Brad Brad brought my daughter to me. He he called my wife and said, hey, I got this little girl that we'd already oh. decided if we got a call, we'd take her. And so we got a call and we went and after a few days, I guess, we went right down, met birth mom and met met baby and... The lady that was That's taking right. care of her you for Catholic charity. You met her. And, yeah, we did. And uh, she's she she looked at us and she said, "Well, you look like good parents. Here's my daughter." Mm. And literally handed Heidi her daughter. It was the last time she held her. Wow, I forgot that that was. I forgot about some of those events, some of those things. Mm -hmm. Since you're talking about it, though, I've got to I've got to share one thing. So we were doing the uh, adoption home study. Hmm. And you go out into the home and whatever, and you have to check for safety things. And 
Jason pulled me aside and said, hey, man, if you tell my wife we need one of those big browning safes for our for our guns, uh, I'll give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> Brad, you know Brad's a good man. <laughs> I got the safe. <laughs> yes, sir. So I, it, wow. it, I just don't have, a beautiful beautiful story. have any firearms to put in it, but yeah. So how old were you at that point? Um, I'm trying to think how old I am now. I had, I must've been 35. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm 49 now. So I'd have been 34 or 35 and we were looking for a daughter. We'll back that up. I had, we had three kids, three boys. We were able to have those mostly naturally. They had to, Heidi has to have them cesarean. She developed some, some issues. She had a uterine cancer that oh, they, wow. they ended up doing a complete hysterectomy on her and clean her up. And she's good that way. But uh, once she, once she realized that you could write a check for children and not have to have sex anymore, she was totally in. <laughs> so and thankfully, loves you a lot more. <laughs> yeah, she loves me a lot more. So I thankfully, hope she, I hope she's not going to listen to this show. Oh, she knows. I tell everybody that. So, <laughs> by the, the way, way just, she, you can't see, but he's a you're a good looking man. I mean, you're. Well, I, I like to think so. Yeah. I mean, that's how I keep my. I, I I have a low self esteem and like to be validated regularly. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, go ahead, continue. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. So we're, we got, uh, she got that figured out. You can, you can just buy kids. And if, if she'd have known that before, I would never, you know, had any the other way. But we ended up with, with Brielle and then we picked up uh, Bristol. We, we went through another adoption agency because Brad ran off on us and disappeared. Mm-hmm. So we went through another agency, uh, ended up with a, another girl. Uh, we were actually set up to adopt her little sister. Her mother got pregnant again and seen if we'd help her, and we were helping her out a little bit. She skipped on us, which we kind of knew was going to happen because baby daddy got out of jail, so that wasn't really a surprise. But uh, got another little girl uh, probably like a week later, just literally fell in our lap after that third one went away. So we got her. That was my youngest, Bodell. And then we had Heidi's stepsister, who uh, died of mysterious circumstances and drugs and all that's involved in that. And uh, we ended up with her two kids. Wow. So, I wondered about those youngest two. I hadn't been, yeah, I hadn't so, kept in touch enough mm-hmm. to know about those guys. Yeah. So we, we have, we have two sets of twins. We have two girls. We have a, um, it, we're, we're, we're a, we're a mixed family. I have mm-hmm. a, a, two black girls, a white girl. Uh, and I, and there's some, whole Pacific Islander and Latino, everything mixed in with them. But, and then Bracken, my youngest boy, Bracken and Bodell are four, four days apart. So we just tell everybody they're twins. That goes over really well. Brindley and, um, hold on. Brindley and Bristol are nine months apart. And it, it's fun to see because Brielle's, Brielle's mom was, you know, four foot eight and 60 pounds. I mean, she was, she was literally under a hundred pounds after she gave birth. And so Brielle's full grown at, you know, under five foot, she might be five foot now with her shoes on Bristol. Her, her birth mother was like six, four played basketball mm. and our, our other two are pretty good size too. So the oldest daughter is now the smallest and the rest of them are catching <laughs> up, but we're, we're, we're mixed up. So we have a salt and pepper twins <laughs> and we have Bracken and Bodell, our youngest too. So let's start the whole story way back. Met your wife and grew up where, where did you, you guys, um, she was dating a friend of mine. He brought her by the house and then she came back the next day with a bunch of her friends and 
came back the next day with a few less for friends, the next day a few less for friends. And I, co- I told him, I said, look, man, wh- what's your intentions with this girl? Because I'm going to take her out. He said, ah, you go, you go ahead. Well, I just kind of, you know, scamming on her. Said, oh, okay. You know, back in the day, that was just going to making out, I guess. So ne- next thing I knew, uh, that, that was that. We got married about four, four months later. You stole your buddy's girlfriend and nah, married he gave her to me. He gave her to you. Best gift ever. Did oh, yeah. you ever try well, to give her back? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sure she's tried to get rid of me. So where was that? Where were you got? Where did you grow that, up? That was in Southern Utah. I so she's so, a Southern yeah. Utah girl. She grew up in the shadows of Zion Park and I was a Southern Utah boy. Uh, okay. The town, it's not it's not what we left. We go up there now and it's not familiar, but like Hurricane or where where was She's it? a she's a Hurricane girl and I was a Washington boy. Okay. So it's it's a it's a different world up there now. It used to be hay fields and farms, and now it's a whole bunch of old people and way too expensive for anybody to drive safely on the streets. So what made you land where you are now? We we moved down where we're at. It's we're in a little rural town there in Moapa that's uh, a lot like where we grew up. Mm-hmm. The kids can still do what they want to do. They can ride their bikes to school. They can ride their four wheelers to school. You go to the you go to the ball fields, and there's you know twenty razors and fifteen four wheelers and ten motorbikes and you know, as long as the kids aren't stupid, they're kind of given the a little bit of freedom, a little bit of freedom free there, and that's and that's that's good. And it, it's a it's a tight enough community that we all know each other for the most part. If your if, kid's acting up, the neighbor's going to handle it. And well, you know, my neighbor's going to kick his butt, and then he's going to call me, and he's going to get his butt kicked again when he comes home. I mean, that's <laughs> that's extra. You got double yeah, and they and the kids know that, so they behave. So we don't we don't have to, you know. Ninety nine and a half percent of them are fine. The rest of them were like me when I was a kid. So <laughs> okay, wait to hear how that was. <laughs> so you've got these three biological boys. Tell me their names again. By the way, all these are starting with a B. Okay, starting from the top, we got Baxter, Bridger, Boston, Brielle, Brindley, Bristol, Bracken, and Bodell. <laughs> he, did Is you that see a Southern Utah do thing? Not, he, do not ask me the birthdays. Uh, kind of. My my little brother named all his kids A's. And we we started we did the bees first, so we just thought it was fun. You, you notice know? he had to take a breath right there in the middle of. A, I had to of think all. about him because yeah. <laughs> we got it. We got them in a different order than they are our birthdays because a couple of them we got when they were not babies. You know, in this town that you're from, it's spelled and looks a lot like actually the word hurricane, but y'all pronounce it hurricane. 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 Okay, that's correct. All right, there we it's go. It's like Nevada, 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 Nevada. Yeah, it's like so we can tell if you're if you're local or not yeah, right away. Exactly. Yeah, you, <laughs> so, wife had the hysterectomy. You had the three boys. You wanted your family to grow, mm-hmm. and then you, what what was the process from there? Where'd you where'd you end up going? Oh, I don't know. I didn't know if it I'm was foster to. first, foster uh, or adoption we never, we first. Never, we talked about that. We talked about fostering. We actually went through foster classes when we moved. We moved. When I first got my job in Vegas, we moved from St. George area down, down into where, where we're at now. And uh, there, we we were actually ready to get foster kids. We were going to foster kids. And that was one of the things when we moved that was kind of hard because we'd gone through the classes. We'd gone through all the stuff. Ready to start and that up there. Now we're moving to another state. We've got to start all that again. So we kind of put that on the hold for a couple of years because we'd kind of had enough. And transitioning, you know, doing the same thing, but doing it somewhere else career-wise. You know, I, I come down here, I've got one job up there. I think I had four or five I was doing at the same time. But that was, you know, Southern Utah wages and right. trying to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. So so is this 
something that you guys talked about while you were courting or during marriage or like at what point in time did were the three boys already here or three, three boys were, yeah. were already born uh, that the, the adoption and that come up after she'd had her hysterectomy and after, after we'd gone through that knowing that, you know, she couldn't have any more kids. And did she come from a large family as well? I mean, um, well, her parents divorced, so she's got okay. large families with stepkids and everything on the other side, but she had five. Uh, my, I have, I have five brothers and sisters, so there's six of us. I'm the oldest of six. So, we, I mean, we, co- we come from large families, and it wasn't really an intent. When we got married, I didn't want any kids, and she wanted, you know, four or five. And then it, it just kind of happened. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, 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 don't, I, I try to be a religious guy, and I, I've listened to that, you know, whispering in my head a lot. And uh, there's, there's times in my life that I have been yelled at and put into positions to where this is what you're going to do. And, and I can honestly say with, with, with these children that we've adopted, um, the first instant we got the call or the knowledge of them, I knew, Mm. Uh, especially the last two, there is absolutely no question in my mind that we needed to take those kids. And we actually had to terminate birth dad's rights. Uh, He was in jail at the time for, yeah, geez, a laundry list of things. He's a sex offender. He's, you know, in in my mind, he's a suspect in their mom's, I want to say murder, but, you know, it was ruled an overdose. But uh, so I, I knew we had to get these kids. And so we did. A lot of admiration. I just got done reading a book, The Boy Crisis. Oh, I've got it in my in my wish list yeah, or whatever, ready to go. Um, the Boy Crisis, yeah. But with his research, he one of the reasons there's a crisis is just a lack of men in the lives of our children, but specifically boys and just that model. And so I didn't know this about you. Um, but to hear you step into that space and just a lot of admiration, a lot of appreciation, um, I do for any man who's willing to step into that void. Um, there are times where I, I think of that myself and just kind of being an advocate and the voice for these voiceless. And so it's just, thank you, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Thank you. I I appreciate it. Like I say, it's kind of, a lot of times I think we're put into positions where we get to choose. And I, I think you, you've already got to have your mind made up. Mm. You know, you, you've got to have some sort of inkling of what you want to be and what you want to portray. And you just need to do those things. Uh, it's never easy. How did, how did you learn that? How did that come to be for you? And uh, a lot of examples from my, from my father, my mother, um, who were very, you know, I grew up in the LDS faith, uh, and they were always very, very strong. My mother, especially, she's gonna, she's gonna organize and run heaven when she gets there. Um, Dad's gonna do what he's told, mm. and uh, that's you know that's that's good. He, you know, he's a good man. He, he's instilled in me, you know, the the honesty and integrity things. Uh, I grew up in the scouts since I was as, as soon as I can remember. My dad was a scoutmaster. I mean, at, at four or five years old, I was running amok with the scouts and doing things with them. He always drug me along, and I, you know, I, I learned those things early and you know I've, I've honestly been in the scouts until until the church they you know the mormon church quit the program i guess the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints quit the program because the program 
the program, I think, quit itself. I think it it got away from the values and things it instilled in. But I, I still try and live by that. And even now in my my work at church and you know with my boys, my my boys all three are Eagle Scouts. I'm an Eagle Scout. All my brothers are Eagle Scouts. My uncles are Eagle Scouts. My dad's an Eagle Scout. You know, his dad was one of the first Eagle Scouts in Salt Lake, and that. That trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, guy to be cheerful, truth for brave, clean, and reverent. On my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty to God and my country to help other people at all times, keep myself physically strong, mentally straight, morally awake, I think. Mentally straight, morally awake. Anyway, um, that that's always stuck in my head, and that's kind of what I live by. And and my career, I, I think, references that. I, I want to be somebody that's prepared to help and able to help and help my family, help myself. And it's not always easy. Sometimes you need help. A lot of times you need help. And being able to accept that, ask for it, you, you've got to have, you know, a foundation somewhere. And you've got to have that ride or die friend or friends that you can count on no matter what. So. And your career? I'm, I'm a firefighter paramedic. Firefighter paramedic, um, which means you're away from home a lot. That's true, 24-hour 20, shifts. What I believe so. that I've um, kind of watched over the years is just that when you are home, you are home. And I know mm. you you may take a hunting trip or you may do something away, but you seem to be involved, man. You're you're doing stuff with your kids. You've got a day. I just It seemed like you've got the funnest family ever. I mean, well, I see crazy. these pictures of you're out they're there crazy. trying to get something unstuck but from you, the mud out there or whatever and just – animals i That's, mean t- talk about your whole lifestyle with well, your family we, we come home we got i mean there's eight of them uh, i've got three of them out two of them are up in utah working now one of them's married one of them is soon going to be uh, my oldest two uh, another one is in washington on a mission uh, but i still have five kids at home and it seems like it's good just having five and that sounds silly but uh, you know now my girls are in cheer and gymnastics and you know looking at playing sports and basketball they want to play all these things and you got to be busy. You know, my, my wife is a full-time chauffeur. And, and when she's not doing that, you know, she's doing laundry and cleaning and trying to get the kids to do that. And we have, we have some kids that are, that are special needs. We, we have some kids with some, some diagnoses of, of autism and, and those kinds of things. And, you know, they suffer for some traumas that they, a couple of them from some traumas that they went through and, you know, effects of what their birth mothers did to them when they were in the womb and, um, so we we kind of have to be on our on our A game, or it falls apart. And if believe me, it falls apart. I mean, there's oh, I can't imagine. There's, I mean, <laughs> there's tears and hate and yell and discontent and 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 that in our home. When, you know, obviously we don't want that, but hey, shit happens and it it explodes. It does. But so, what does that mean of you when you talk about fulfilling your respective roles and stuff? And to, in order to, you got to be on your A game in order to keep things oh, going. I do what my wife tells me. That is, that is a, <laughs> like, like what you, you know, and you said about your dad. Yeah, you know, and she's a, she's a single mom. A lot of times, she has to handle things and situations. Which again, you know, we have, you know, in, in my career field, I've got a lot of friends who are either home or gone. So, you know, that phone call at two in the morning. I'm not scared to make it if my family needs it and neither are they. So we, we have a, a support network and whether it's a friend of mine, that's a, that's in law enforcement or a friend of mine, that's another paramedic that lives down the road or, you know, works for another department. I know their shift. I know their schedule. So I know that if I'm at work, I've got three or four guys I can call 
that'll step in and handle stuff. My water heater blows up. I, I make that call. It's handled and I, I don't have to worry about it. And that's, that's something that, you know, is, is wonderful living where we live to have that network of friends and family that, that can do that kind of stuff. Um, but, but as far as us, we've got to get up, you know, my wife's up at five o'clock in the morning, every school day or sooner mm-hmm. starting hair, doing hair, doing whatever, getting the kid off. And the it seminary. ain't ever slouchy looking. No. I just want to say these are no, she is, braids and these are special, you know, with the ethnic hair and whatever. She She's doing all kinds of cool a stuff. Master at that stuff. Mm. You know, T- she, lots of time. Yeah. And, and she's good at it. And she, she's very good at it. And the kids will scream and cry and carry on. But, you know, she sits them down. This is what you're going to do. You're going to wear your hair like this. You're not going to look, you're not going to look trashy. You're going to, you're going to look good. And that's, that's something that, that she instills in them and, and makes them do. But, but she is, you know, from five in the morning till the kids go at, to school at nine, she's up and that's what she's doing. Getting kids ready for school, finishing homework and doing hair. And I've got kids that take a half hour ahead to do hair. So, Goodness. so your job, you said you just take orders and do what I, she wants you to yeah, do. I, and I try and, I'm sure there's a way I try more and than pitch that. In where I can. And uh, you know, I don't do as much as I should probably, but uh, you know, I I'll, I'll make the runs. And when she yells at him and she gives me the look, I know I've got to yell at him or go make him make him do the things they need to. Cause you know, dad, dad's got to be the heavy, I guess. But uh, I, yeah, that, I don't want to brush over that point because I think I know early in my marriage, um, three boys and my wife managed the the kids. And then I would go off and I'd come home business trip or whatever it was. And my ego would kick in Mm -hmm. and now I'm running the show and everyone needs to play second fiddle to me <laughs> but i'm not hearing that oh believe me that happens okay i, I come home and and, I, and i'm used to barking at, at grown grown men and a lot of times my language is inappropriate for for families and friends but you know when when i go to my safe place at work we we don't hold back on each other and that's because the stressful things and that we deal with and do we're we're messing with each other constantly we are we're a tight group but, you know, I, I trust every one of those guys in my life mm-hmm. and I don't think twice about it. And w- when I come home from that, that rough play or, or whatever, it's, it's hard for me to switch those gears to come from being that, that alpha dog and come home to having little girls tell me what to do and have my, have my wife tell me what to do and <laughs> yes. tears, you know, what are you, why, why are you talking to your kid like that? So They're can not you talk about that? Can you talk about what strategies, techniques, what you do to kind of help switch that gear because i think that's again i'll just speak for myself like that's i i've tripped over myself if i could learn something from another man who's walked in front of me i that would be wisdom that i'd like to well i'm not very good at it i i am i am terrible at that transition um a lot of times me i'll come home i got animals in a farm out there i'll I'll go out and feed my horses but we've just got horses and chickens now so it's easy sometimes we have 4-h pigs and steers and and everything else but uh, when I'm when I'm out there, it's good for me to come home for a few minutes and just go out and pet my horse. Sometimes, you know, my wife knows if I don't come in for a minute, just let it be. Whatever, whatever's yeah. going on out there, or whatever's going on in the house, if it's not an emergency, just just let it sit. Sometimes I'll get on my horse, go for a ride. You know, sometimes we go fast, sometimes we go slow. And uh, I, I think for me, that's that's my therapy. That's that's my time to just. 
Are you rolling up in the morning? Your shift? Are you showing up in the morning? I roll up. I roll up in the morning. Uh, a lot of times I get home for my kids to go to school, my younger kids. So I'll be able to see them before they go to elementary school, which is nice to come home in the morning. Um, if I get held up or whatever, um, I'll, I'll just miss them. But uh, it gives, gives me a chance. And I come in I'll, probably half the time I come into an empty house, which is her in there. And I like that you're talking about you have a little ritual, though. You know, you kind of stop by the animals and, you know, mm-hmm. there's a little pause before you kind of mm-hmm. walk in or at least on the hard days or on a day when you might need some of that just to prepare your mind or whatever. I think Mm -hmm. that's, that's one of the most overlooked little hacks is just take a minute, slow yourself down before you bust up in there. And maybe that, maybe that helps. The days that I blow through the door, it's a shit show. It's not good. And I have all my kids in tears, my wife in tears, everybody hates me and I don't care. And that, and that's, that's not a good way to be. You know, it doesn't accomplish anything, and then you feel bad, and then you spend two days fixing that problem. You know, so that that's something that for me, it, it's it's taken a long time. I mean, that's that's why we have such a high divorce rate and everything else is because you don't have the forgiving on both sides. You, I think that I've got to remember to be humble. I've got to remember that I got no idea what's going on at my house. You know, I, I I've got a kid that eats doors and furniture that's. 10 years old on occasion, you know, so I, I don't know what I'm coming into and I, I ought not say anything about how the house looks because I've been there at times and it's, it's hard. It's hard with kids who, with regular kids, let alone kids that have some, some issues. And sometimes she runs out of gas too. So I've got to, and and I've, I've got to do better at that still. I mean, it's something I continually work on. But I have to remember that when I come in that house, whatever's going on with me has got to stay. Leave work at work. Yeah, and that, it isn't that an interesting construct too? Because I step into the role of the job, right? So you're fireman, EMT, and the natural thinking is assessment. I got to assess the situation. Let me mm-hmm. assess. And if you were to bring something from into that area gets messy and yet the last thing my wife needs is a problem solver showing up and telling her how to fix things yeah and so you step into the same environment Mm -hmm. but with a different cap of now i'm dad Mm -hmm. and i forget to assess and just kind of yeah you don't don't know what's gone the last two hours and i'm barking orders yeah what can i do for you Mm -hmm. that's huge i've got to come in hey good to see you i'm home what do you need plug and play yeah and then the other thing that you'd mentioned was, you know, this, I call it a tribe, but you've got this mm-hmm. brotherhood, these. It is. It's, it's a tribe. It's a family, you know, it, whatever you want to call it, whatever your group or your clique or whatever it is. You, I think that we, especially as men need that because you can't, I don't know, you maybe can, I can't have the conversations with my wife that I can with these guys because I can just let it out. You know, she's going to get offended. She's going to get mad when you're a jerk. And, and me, I blow up. I'm over it. Let me let me just puke it out. Let me throw it all over the place. And I'm good. And I've found that if I go home and yell at my wife and tell her what I think, it's going to be two, three weeks before I fix that bridge. And she doesn't respond to that well. Where if I can just get rid of it and come in and, but that, you know, that's the differences in, I really feel like Humans. there's, I really feel like there, the, it just never, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen it work or has it ever been effective 
for a man to correct a woman and it, you know, go off in some genuinely nice way. I just don't think it's possible. We think we're going to yell and bark our, you know, roar back or whatever. And it just doesn't ever seem to work. Well, you, you don't even have Does to that bark. ever work? It, they never say, oh, dear, thank you. You are so smart. That is great. Yeah. I've been waiting for that feedback and I would like to thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad you told me how to do the dishes correctly. Yeah, yeah it's not going to happen. So we, the point is that we should, we should knock that off, but mm. I, you're just bearing testimony of the oh, same yeah. thing. Well, that well, it I, I try and I try and, sorry to talk over you. I try and adapt the idea of, you know, this is, this is your house. This is your domain. Mm. You are here way more than me. Okay. Cause I would put that silverware drawer over here because where you got it is stupid. <laughs> now that's a conversation that you can have, but I don't recommend it. Okay. The, the, and, and we've had them. You know, but you know what? And I don't live there. I'm let live there. I'm let visit on occasion. So I'm, I'm going to tread a little lighter. I'm going to come into that and say, okay, this is where we're going to put this. Very good. Let's that, just get it there. That's beautiful. That acceptance of her role. Like she's the queen of this place. You know, like she's this, you're CEO. saying, oh, yeah. I have to, she'll beat my ass. <laughs> I will come in here black and blue. So, I mean, she, she comes off as a nice little church lady, but I'm here to tell you. She, I, she knows all the fireman words. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So I just talk a lot about how I think, I believe that the best of men have this polarity. They have a little bit of, of each side of a thing, you know? And so you've got serious, like this tough side, you know, this Eagle Scout hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman, freaking farmer, raising animals, like, badass like that like this dude got some i don't know what they are but i know they're expensive boots and he looks like a like a like a cowboy gangster gangster and, huh? and he's got this you I know don't, i don't think they have those he don't like they're that word they don't, that's that a polarity in itself yeah cowboy like, gangster. Now I'm, Go on, Brad. I'm, I'm still i'm still waiting for dr phil to walk in the <laughs> that's door the here, he thinks this is an intervention <laughs> that was the first thing he said to us listen guys if this is an intervention i'm out yeah. <laughs> Y'all can't get me. Brad you, and I are in flip flops and shorts, and <laughs> so you've got this like polarity between the, uh, the tough guy, seriously, he, c- community servant, public servant, hero, you know, firefighter in charge of other guys at times, and being, you know, this leader, and also letting your wife win in her in that in that as much as you can. I mean, I know it doesn't always work that way, but you have this honor for her. You're placing her in this position. Oh, she puts it's herself just, there. She allows, not, she well, allows me to hang out with her. It's not, a, <laughs> no, you got it. You got it Are you wrong. serious? I feel like I, that, <laughs> is that really how it is? Or I, I think, I think we, we play well off each other. It's taken us a long time. And believe me, we have been on the cusp of killing each other more than once. And I'm sure. How many years you said? 20, 27, I think. Wow. Yeah. 20, 27 or 28. I don't know. I don't know when her anniversary is. I tell her that all the time. She reminds me. I know when it is. Don't think I don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you have to have that give and take. And, you know, she lets me sometimes act like I'm in charge. And then, you know, we, we try not to fight in front of the kids, obviously. We try to keep that between us, but it doesn't always work. But she certainly. Will you admit that you have a tender heart? No. Yeah, see that I'm I'm a softy. Yeah, I, yeah I, come you know on. What? I cry at Thank movies. You. Don't ever, don't ever let anybody. I, I'll hide it. I'll deny it. But there's when, a, when Old Yeller died, I was a train wreck. Yeah, 
you know, but that's part of the polarity that Brad was talking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and I get that. The, well, and, and I can't, I can't do that when I'm at work or on the job. Absolutely not. On the flip side of that, I can assure you that there's not uh, an ambulance or fire truck or patrol car in this Valley that hasn't been just full on bald in. Mm-hmm. And I, and I mean that. Yeah. No. So th- that's what I also want to honor with you. Um, I get the, you know, the hard back, I get the, the joking and, and the lightness of it. Um, and I think as another man, um, I, you give me implied permission to be tender and, and to do that so that I don't have to keep up with that facade. Right. And so I think for me, that's what I love about the alpha quorum is us helping each other as men to have that soft front and a hard back that it's okay to be tender. It's okay to share those feelings and share those emotions and, and do that on whatever spectrum is comfortable for that individual. Certainly. While also admitting that we cry and we have feelings and it's hard and we go through fear because I think generation generationally, that's not what we've taught men after men and so, yeah, I, yeah, I I totally agree. Okay, you you've got to have you got to have the ability, and it goes back to you know Brad's calling me bipolar. Um, I didn't say bipolar. Uh, he was dancing around polarity. It. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. I heard bipolar no, too. Bi or tripolar. I don't know which one it was, but uh, you know you have to you have to be able to to open up and have that softness and and let that stuff out. You know we're we're just a container. If you get that container too full of pressure, you don't want to be around that because it's going to explode. And that's uh, and I see that with with coworkers and and people you know guys that i grew up with and i and i watched that go and it's i think it's they they don't have that release they ha- you have to understand yourself figure out what your release is we're all different and mine's mine's different at different times you know some sometimes i just need to go take a nap other times i need to go for a run other times i need to get on my pony and go other times i need to go shoot something you know some sometimes i just need to be alone for a few days and other times that's the worst thing for me. I need to go some, you know, grab the, grab the kids and go play in the pool or go to the lake or, you know, take the kids fishing or just go hang out with the family. That must have taken some finesse or some, you know, fine tuning over the years to do the self care that you need with a large family. And just, I mean, how does she respect that? And how do you go about stating that need? Like, Hey, I got to get away. You just just got to be selfish. Okay. I mean, some sometimes, look, I need this now. You know, but you can't play that card all the time. I mean, that's not. That's, that's your. Not, that's that's your, not fair. Like, but in case of an emergency, mm, you pull that one out. Yeah, and, and you know, she's she's understanding. She knows, and and she can she can tell. I mean, we've been together long enough. I mean, there's not. It, it's pretty hard for us not to know exactly what's going on with the other, and uh, you know, she's. I, I couldn't do it without her. You know, uh, it just just wouldn't happen, and I'm I'm fortunate that she puts up with me and and is as loving and tender and as good of a woman as she is to to deal with me because I mean I got a lot of shortcomings. There's there's not enough time on this earth to go over all those, but uh, I'm interested to know how you came to that self awareness. What was your process? How did like you just dropped a bomb of knowledge as far as what you need and what 
kind of avenues that you need. How did you learn that? Like, was that, did you have some insight as a teenager, adolescent, like young man, like help? I, I think just as, as I was growing up, I, I seen a lot of things. My, my dad was a fireman. Uh, one of the, one of the things I remember as a kid and he, we were up in the Salt Lake Valley. I mean, I, I couldn't have been very old. I remember standing on the front seat of the fire truck, leaning up on the dash and we were up on the freeway and I remember him with an officer pulling uh, a couple of people out of a car and putting them up and then they pulled a body out of the car. And I mean, my, my first, my first dead body was five or six years old. And I think realizing the mortality of us as, as along with watching, you know, my dad and these, these guys being aware of the, what's going on and watching them cry, watching them deal with those things and realizing that, you know, it's okay. You know, when it, when when you have someone who's you know sharing something with you that that's meaningful and meaning to them, you you can tell, you know, in their eyes and in their in their in their heart what they're portraying to you, and and those things. I I think it's you know, and I hate I I try like all kinds of get out, not let my wife or kids see me cry or tear up. I just I don't like that still, but. You know the the ability to, I guess I'm I'm falling off the subject here, but you, it's it's been a lifelong thing of paying attention and and watching other people explode. Watching, I've had a lot of friends that, not a lot. I've had a few friends that have, you know, ended their lives early, mm-hmm. whether it's alcohol or whether it's you know coming back from war. And I I watched a couple of my buddies come back from from Desert Storm that were never the same because they didn't have a way to cope with what they'd seen and done. And I, I guess I, I've been able to take a step back from that. So, okay, how do I, how do I avoid that? How do I not have these problems? And I, I don't know that I don't, I mean, I, I could probably spend some time with both of you guys and, definitely want to Jimmy's better. He's put, put uh, me in a rubber he's, room. He's but, better at uh, that stuff than me. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that you have to absorb it in the moment and then kind of let it go and be able to step away from it. And you'll never forget it, but you can't, you can't dwell on it, you know? So from an early age, you were able to kind of watch your dad and be around other men expressing. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know, and, I guess that's, you know, that, that was probably my first recollection of that. That's, and I, and I brought, I bring that up to him. Actually, I brought it up to him a few years ago and he, he had to think for a minute because he didn't remember. And then it was like, oh my gosh, you were there. You know, you were, what was I doing? Having my, you know, so I don't know. I probably put him on a guilt trip for that, but. No, I think <laughs> I that's mean, beautiful that but, uh, um, I, I didn't have that experience and i I'd actually invite you to step into, I, again, implied permission, right? Because my dad never mm-hmm. cried. Then I thought something was wrong or I was broken or I was weak or I lacked moral fortitude or because men don't cry mm-hmm. and, and you're having this experience seeing that happen. So that doesn't necessarily become your perceived reality. Yeah. And, and you, I mean, you don't, you don't have to cry to let it out, but sometimes it helps. I'm curious you know. why you said, and it, 
how serious you were and, and, and why you say you don't like your kids or wife to see you cry. Is that, I, I that still, I still try. That's just, I think that's just old school thinking. I, I try and be the tough guy. You know, I, I, I guess that's my own, I, I don't know what the word is. Ego. Uh, ego. There we go. My, my own ego, my own false front, you know, I wonder sometimes if there isn't, you know, I hear a lot about I'm, I'm in a place right now where I'm just watching people. I'm just really kind of studying men and young men. And I'm trying to find what is the healthy balance between allowing yourself to feel and fully experience it and fully express it and fully whatever it is, whether it's anger or fear or sadness or any of that stuff. And pulling up your pants and getting, you know, put your boots on and get going. Like I, I, I believe that, Sometimes if I, I have the tendency maybe to wallow in my feelings. So maybe if everything's on a continuum, you got the guy who, who can't refuses to ever say that he has sadness or any feelings or fear, and he doesn't ever express it for sure. And he's completely kind of locked out of it. And then you got the guy who's, you know, he, he, he can't control, he has no control at all, but he allows himself to feel it. Maybe someone there in the middle or at times, in order to provide for your family and to work as a public servant, you're saying I have to shut that down. I can't be emotional. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of my favorite little quips that I use with my clients is, Hey man, you need to get into your inner paramedic in this case. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, imagine you come up on a, on a, on a scene, you know, you come up on something, you better keep your breath slow and keep your heart slow and, look around you and just kind of see what's happening and, and use your brain and, and not really uh, be overreactive with emotion. And so I don't know where, where I'm going with that. I just, cause that sounds like well, the, you're watching, you watch the chaos and, and where do you find chaos with the yelling and the screaming and the gnashing of the teeth, ripping the clothes is chaos. When people are screaming back and forth, it's chaos. But if you can come in and be calm, Say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to take care of this. You needed this and you needed this. And explain and not, I mean, sometimes you have to shout, but you have to be in control of your facilities. You have to be able to maintain that thought because your brain's your biggest tool. Mm-hmm. Your, your body's just kind of there as an accessory. Now, you know, and, and that's dealing with your family, your wife and kids and every, you know, in every aspect. You You have to be able to think things through in order to, you know, what, what's your end goal? How do I get there? Take a second. You know, if, if we lose, lose control of that facility, now we're, we're just a wild, wild card in the wind going, going with making the problem worse. Well, you talked about poor polarity, polarity, right? And so I remember hearing an interview of a teacher with the shootings that just happened this mm-hmm. week and she got choked up and she was, what she basically said was, I'm feeling a certain way in the classroom and I don't want to show these kids this emotion. Like I need to, and I thought that's maybe, but also because of the polarity, I need to be able to show my kids that it's okay that I cry. It's okay to have these emotions Mm -hmm. because then they get to see the other side of that. Certainly that here's a teacher who feels sad and feels a certain way and it's okay she's giving herself permission to do that for her own healing, but also to show these kids yeah, that it, they can do the same. It, it's because if we keep showing like all men don't cry, we hard mm-hmm. 
all the way around. We got a paramedic. Like then there's no room for anything else or at least to have that discussion. I think that's part of the challenge we have with men today and that teaching. Certainly. And, you know, and, and everything in moderation, you know, it's okay to cry, but it's not okay to ball and sit in the corner. Mm-hmm. You, you still have to function. Um, I mean, at times you're going to need a ball and sit in the corner, yeah. but you know, like, like with, with that situation, when you're under that pressure, you still have to perform. You still have to be the, the shepherd of those children. You have to let them know that we're, we're going to do this and have a plan. And it, it sounds like she did. I, mean, I didn't hear the interview, but that's, that's to me, that's great. She yeah. nailed it. There's, there's your alpha right there. Yep. One of the words that I guess comes to mind is regulation, you know, and that doesn't mean avoidance. That doesn't mean, you know, hit the gas. That means you're, it's, it's regulated. And I think to allow ourselves, that's what I was getting at, I guess, is maybe that's the, the real middle ground between stuffing it because that sounds so negative and it doesn't really do any good and whatever. But in some moments you have to, distance yourself from your emotional mind, you know, and kind of, and, and, and merge more toward the rational, uh, but regulate maybe is the word. So that's what you're mm-hmm. doing. You're saying I can be, I don't like my kids to see me cry, but they've, I'm sure have, and you show they, emotion. They certainly have when we, you know, we've cried together and, you know, whether it's, you know, funeral or losing a ball game or what, but, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the the exponential effects of those I, I try to think of the word um, don't don't overdo it you know it it doesn't do you any good to, to scream and yell at the top of your lungs I guess once in a while you know that rare occasion let it out but we we have to be in control of our of our facilities and our our emotional state not to break things or you know mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't I, I think you're right yeah I think I think that's I don't know. I was just kind of doing some like in, in real life processing right there, because I like when you say sometimes you got to suck it up, but taken too far, that becomes what they talk about is kind of the toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But there is a, there is sometimes denial has a survival value or, you know, yeah. sometimes you have to shut that down, put it, put it somewhere else for a for a time and do what you have to do, especially when you're dealing with other people's safety. Now that's a other hell people of a, are even yours. You know, yeah. You walk up on a scene, you got a situation mm-hmm. and you're out there and you have to, this, that is not the time yeah. to sure, be Sherlock Holmes. You've seen the movie Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. with Watson. Every, every time he does something goes into slow motion. This is what I'm going to do. This is what's going to happen. And, that, and that's how you, that's how he solves his problem. And our, our brains, we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to slow things down in our head and, okay, if I, that's a bad idea. Okay, okay, let's do it this way. And I've, I've, I've found that in some driving circumstances. I've found that in, the, you know, at times, you know, in, in a burning building that you have to think and you have a second. And even it's not a second, but in your mind, you can slow that down process those things and then and then make your choices and and i think that that's a part of our fight or flight mechanism Mm -hmm. we we have that but when we when we choose to fight we still have a moment to decide how we're going to fight and what we're going to fight with but when that fight's over we need to be able to get get rid of that animal and and uh, recover 
if you will, from the stress of it. I thought I was just going to have you in because you were kind of good looking, but man, I didn't know you had all this wisdom. <laughs> well, you fake it till you make Dude, it. Dude, right? you, you, I just, my dad always says, you know, you got to be 40 years old to be a man. Well, we got a seasoned man here who's just like, I don't know. It's just I, amazing to hear. I'm in for a 75-year-old. It's, <laughs> it's amazing to hear what you're, what you're sharing right now, like what life has taught you. It's pretty awesome. I like how you were talking before about your your fire buddies, you know, and I don't know if you have friendships outside of like coworkers and stuff. Those are particularly people that you've bonded we, with. But. We, we have kind of a, a tight click. Uh, I've got guys that I talk to, you know, once or twice a year that I worked with for three or four years that, you know, I, I could call them right now and they'd be here, be here, pick me up, give me a ride wherever I want to go. Um, we, we share a lot of times some, God awful, terrible things, you know, um, from what people do to each other to what machinery does to people to places that we find ourselves trapped in. Um, and, and you develop that bond. And I, I think that, you know, cops and firemen are weird, like the military. You know, you, you find out once, once you become a cop, most of your friends are cops. You become a fireman, most of your friends are cops and firemen. Um, same with the military, military guys, because, because you can relate to each other and that stress. But uh, to to have that ability and uh, we, dude, we bust each other's balls. Holy <laughs> boy. And and even the girls, if you don't have a set of balls, we'll pretend you do and get it to you because, <laughs> you know, we don't play because we got to know how we're going to react in situations. And, you know, the when we're on call and calls and doing things, I mean, I've, I've had to take guns from people. I've taken, I don't know how many knives from people. I've had guns pointed at me. Um, I've got to have knowledge that that guy with me or girl with me. And believe me, there's many guys that can't do it as girls can't do it as guys that can and girls that can. But the, the ability to communicate without words, with tones, body, body positioning, um, you know, I, I got a guy I've been with for a long time. I'm I'm thinking probably we 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 rode together for about ten years, I think maybe more. And uh, we come upstairs. His apartment went in. You know, we get called all the time. You know, panic alarm buttons. They're real good about sending us to burglar alarm. Say we got an alarm here. It's a medical alarm. It's not a medical alarm. It's a burglar alarm. Um, things of that nature. This we got called for man down. Guy in the you know thing says it's guys stuck in the tub okay so we roll up stairs to get there the front door's open that's weird come around the corner here here he comes around the room and i got a 40 in my nose mm. and i can the way the light is i can see the hollow point in the barrel wow it is and i i holler at him hey put the gun down my partner who's about four steps behind me immediately drops his bag and i hear him book it down the stairs because i know couple things going on. We come into the house. He realized the door's open. It's weird. He's paying attention. He's punching in. He, he mentioned it to me. That's weird. And so now we're heightened. He's heightened. As soon as I said that, he's gone. He's on the radio calling for, calling for backup, calling for the police. You know, so, and I can communicate to him so there's not two of us in there. You know, for, fortunately, he turned his head and we fell down, broke his table, and he lost his gun. But it, it worked out okay. You know, we, we finally got it handled. But we were able to have that communication to where we didn't both get stuck in there to where one of us was able to get out and, you know, call for help, you know, but 
nine times out of ten, you know, we don't we have we don't have the luxury of waiting and something like that. So we we do. Good night. That gives me anxiety listening to that story. Just hearing it, I can't uh, imagine being there. You mentioned the you said we, I was heightened and he was heightened. Tell me what you mean there. Um, it's your spidey sense, man. Mm-hmm. You know when you when you go somewhere and you're t- if you're talking to somebody, you meet somebody for the first time, your general impression of them, you find somebody, you're like, hmm, something's, something's not off here. quite, I'm not getting the whole story here. You know, my wife's terrible. Uh, I shouldn't say terrible. One, one of the best compliments I can give a person is they're no good. So <laughs> my my wife is 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 the king of, of spidey senses. She can walk by somebody, meet somebody one time and tell you, their soul is dark. They're no good. They're going to be a problem. And she, uh, don't tell her I said this, but she is right 110% of yeah, the time. Yeah, my wife N- too. Nails it. Super, like, nails sensitive it. to that stuff. Yeah, yeah, nails it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not that good. But, you know, I, I find that, you know, again, trying to keep a clear head, using your mind, because things don't add up. There's a reason. You're not getting the full story. You're not seeing the big picture. You're, you don't get focused in on, on these things here. Look at look at what's going on around you, and that's that's how we get out of those situations. You know, we we find that that loophole that's going to let us through, dude. So I'm curious about those kinds of partnerships or friendships or connections or communication just in real life outside of work. Obviously, that's for survival. That's for the community's interest to kind of be that way to have this training and this this rapport with your team, you know, that you really can feel each other and know what's going on when it comes to, you know, I mean, parenting stuff, again, you're, you're, you're like personal problems. Do you have people around you? Is it the same guys? Do you talk about these things at work when there's not a call or is it like, who, who's your confidant type level people when it comes to, I don't know, just the bullshit of life that you got to deal with. We, we certainly talk about it at work, and it's funny because you know what? We all got the same problems. We're all married to the same woman on some. <laughs> I ain't kidding. We we are all married to the same woman on on some level. We we come home, you know, and for us, you know, it we're gone a long time. We come home. Hey, why isn't this done? You know, I've been gone for three days. What the heck have you been doing? Um, and we all get the same response, and the the girls figure us out. We're not that we're not complicated. I mean, you need to feed, we need, we need food and sex and told to be shut, told to shut up. That's, that's what we need. And you know, that'll, that'll keep most men happy. Uh, yeah, we're not that complicated now. No. And sometimes not in that order, but uh, you know, we, we do hang out. And even, even the guys that, you know, I'm, I'm not right close with, I know that, you know, we can talk to them. A lot of them, where I'm at in my in my ward in my church, there's there's probably, oh, I'll bet, I'll bet there's, I bet there's forty men that are cops or firemen in my ward that we can all relate to each other. We all talk, and and they don't have to be cops or firemen. You know, just just having somebody there that you know is in your situation, shares your shares your beliefs, shares your. You know, out, out there, we're, we're a smaller community. We all got the same ideas. We want to be left alone. We want to thrive. You know, we're going to enjoy ourselves. So, you know, bouncing those things off. And I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty chatty, open person. I'm not scared to grab somebody and bend their ear and try and listen to what they have to say. And, you know, I'm, I'm cocky enough. I'll straighten them out if they're wrong. <laughs> Do people come so, to you? I mean, you've got to be, 
you know, 50 year old firefighter. Uh, one, you, one look at me, they're like, who, what is this fat knucklehead doing? Over here? <laughs> he, he needs to go. <laughs> no, I just wonder if people kind of lean on you that way. And I mean, my own son did that mm-hmm. recently. Uh, I put a, I put a post on Facebook and said, Hey, my son is looking to get into, uh, into an EMT program. Anybody have experience with that? And Jason did a little gesture and raised his hand or whatever and said, and you, you forget know, about me, dog. What? Yeah. <laughs> so my son actually called you and you guys had a good conversation, mm-hmm. but when, what's your experience with that? Other people asking you things or wanting you to mentor them on through a certain decision. Well, I, I think that's a, a part of my life. I'm kind of approaching where, I'm looked at where I'm long enough in the tooth that I ought to be have some kind of advice to to pick from. Um, you know, obviously we we always try and go out and go out of our way for those things, both you know, church wise or personal wise or work wise. Um, I I've I've learned most of my lessons in life from doing it wrong. Mm. Um, school of hard knocks was you know the easy way. That's the way I should have taken because the way I took, I sure was worse than that. But, uh, you know, I, I think sharing those things and sharing those experiences and just, just being open with people. I mean, I, I, I know I'm a, a very pretty man and I look very successful. <laughs> I mean, I should probably retire. Right now. <laughs> I, I'm not, man. You got to. Oh, no, he's a pretty man. The back, <laughs> the back side of your pup is a <laughs> better look. But, you know, to share those things. Share your failures. You know, people can learn as much from your failures as if they did them themselves. Yeah, amen. If, if they'll listen, you know. Um, share your successes, share your failures. And you know, the, the path I chose isn't right for anybody but me. And it's probably not all the way right for me. I know I screwed it up somewhere. <laughs> your wife was asking if we could get you straight. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she did. She, did she give you a list? Cause you know, he's pulling it up right now, <laughs> but, uh, so if you could talk to your 20 year old self, what are some nuggets that you would impart with, person that you were at the age 20 oh man that that is a hard question mm-hmm. um thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know i i think that even if i was telling my 20 year old self the answers you wouldn't have listened i wouldn't have listened no, i know that I definitely <laughs> wouldn't have listened you know besides by land Go mm. buy that cheap crap out in the desert because, mm. you know, my grandfather told me that. If you ever have an extra dollar, go buy dirt because you know what they ain't making any more of? Dirt. dirt yeah. Uh, okay. You know, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Apple stock would have been good in the 70s or 80s. It would have been amazing. But, uh, y- you know, the the lessons that I've learned, I think I had to learn the way I did. You know, I can, I can tell my 20-year-old 20, 20 self all day long, you know, hey, don't sell that car. That's that was that would be one of the things. Don't sell your Chevelle. Don't don't do that. Um, but I, I think that for for me, I had to learn the hard way. You know, I, I've always kind of not really listened to anybody else. I'll, I'll research and I'll figure it out. But I, I was hard headed enough that you know you want to tell them be humble, listen to others. Um, don't think you have all the answers because you never will. You might have some. And when you get married, you'll find out those are wrong too. <laughs> but uh, that's wisdom right there. Serious. I mean, mm-hmm. if you know, mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. I can, I can fake it and we'll get through it, but she ain't faking it. No, mm. 
and eventually I'll figure it out and I'll be happy because I'll understand. Okay, you were right. I don't, don't, don't tell her I said that. But uh, so you've got this, you know, serious, wise, older, gentlemanly way about you, and you've no. also got the, you've also got this nutty, like playful. I mean, I've got some pictures of you doing some. I'm not known for my maturity. I'll, I'll <laughs> <laughs> but you, yes, you are. You are right now. It's being recorded forever and ever. No, it's going to well, be on 19 websites on Thursday. It's going to be. Anyway, you do have you you've got you got that maturity. You got some wisdom. You've learned some things. You are you're a magician in your career and that you can bring people to life. Okay? You can do many miraculous I'm half the man I thought I was. You can just do miraculous exactly. things. And so part of that I think is your ability to be goofy and silly. So I've seen some pictures of you I don't know, a unicorn costume. What did I see before? I mean, just the wildest, I, I've weirdest got a, things. I've got a pink bunny suit. If I'm you pretty see sure. Christmas story. That's right. My kids, my kids hate that thing. I put that on. <laughs> I, I will embarrass my daughters to death. I have to get the picture of that. No for, problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Pink bunny suit, uh, clown mm-hmm. costume. What was it? Cousin Eddie, you cousin, know, cousin Eddie's sh- another good one. Shitters that, full. My, my mother almost threw me out of her house and I did that. I, I stripped down to my underwear and went and put on one of her robes <laughs> and we were camping outside of her house. I think it was like Thanksgiving and they had all their, we put all their Christmas decorations up Thanksgiving. And so I went out front, right in front of the manger scene and I grabbed my, my RV hose and her garden hose. And I stood out there with my, my uh, cousin Eddie hat and in her bathrobe <laughs> and in my, in my shorts. <laughs> She she was mortified as her neighbors drove by. It was it was fun. That was great. But that's that's not me, but that looks like my bunny suit. Yes, yeah, so you got the, one too. Awesome. You have, I got a bunny suit. Yeah, I got a bunny suit. I wear it every, so cool. Are you just trying to say your playboys up here? <laughs> yeah, what is that's this? Right. <laughs> I we my I, I think the the best time I had my bunny suit. We we went on the church history trip, Ilias Church history trip, and mm-hmm. uh, I put it on one of the nights in the hotels. Oh. And I was running through the hotel, you know, because the kids were all getting ready for bed and whatever. And we had to chase the boys out of the girls' rooms and the girls out of the boys' rooms. And so I went through and bounced on their beds and chased them all around the around the hotel with my bunny suit on. <laughs> That's I great. Guess. So what what is that about? I mean, are you just really goofy and immature and I, juvenile? Or do you know that there is a need for dads to be fun sometimes? Well, you got to have a good time. And I, I've never really been a fashion icon, you know. I mean, I'll... My, my girls go crazy because I put on my, my Hawaiian shirts or my, you know, corduroy shorts or whatever. I, I don't care. I wear socks with my freaking sandals because my feet hurt when I walk barefoot on carpet. So, I mean, I, it is, it is what it is. And I, I think that people need to laugh and have some fun. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, I I'm confident enough in myself. I don't care. You laugh at me. I'm fine with that. Um, my, I love embarrassing my children. That is that is paramount for me. You know, my my daughter, she just turned fifteen. She's had you know boy girl parties and whatever. And I, I make it a point to answer the door when the boys show up. I'll have you know a, like a a gun part in my hand, like an <laughs> AR lower, or, you know maybe maybe like my pistol on my hip or something. There, you know, and they <laughs> and she's she's just embarrassed. But, but I, you know, I'm that guy. You show up to date my daughter. We're gonna sit down while I clean my pistol and talk about what you're gonna do tonight. <laughs> You know, I let them know I got a loader and a couple acres here and we're good. <laughs> so, and I know all the but, police in the valley, yeah, so yeah. don't you worry. Yeah. 
My cell, my cell phone's out of town right now texting people, so we're golden. <laughs> my leash is off, buddy. You know, so, I mean, but, uh, I mean, you, you got to be able to to have that that fun. And that, that's, I think that's part of my release. I mean, I, I, I enjoy, you know, my wife says I need too much attention. And, and maybe that's it. Mm. You know, it's all about me. So that hits home for me. You're uh, you're, you got a, so you got a household of 10 people or have at, at one point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're taking care it's, of 10. It's 11 now. Cause I got a daughter-in-law, but I threw one, threw one out to Washington state and the oldest, like I said, the oldest two are out living in Utah. So I'm down to seven. But here, I wanted to ask about financially, and I ain't trying to get into your numbers or anything, but like that's got to be, it's you, not got a big, you got a big property. I know you make decent income as a, what, two decades as a fire. How long you been working in that kind uh, of work? Yeah, a little, little over 20 years. So you got a good income, but man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of mouths to feed and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm guessing that means you're very intentional. I mean, how do you handle taking care of everybody on the money part. And again, just in generic in a generic sense, like how do you take care of the financial? So you, you have to choose. We we're pretty open with our kids. You know, this is, this is our budget, you know, your birthday, you've got X amount of dollars. Um, what do you want to do? You know, this is, this is, this is your budget. This is, this is you know, uh, my, my girls are in cheer and that is a financial joke, <laughs> but uh, you know, they know that's expensive. And, you know, so, I mean, I have to save for it. I have to, we have to, we have to plan for them. We, we'll plan our vacations and family outings and stuff around that. Cause I mean, that's, that's a full-time gig year round. Um, boys are so much easier. Don't have girls, dude. <laughs> oh. All boys, six of them. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and when the girls start syncing up, then that's a whole nother program. But yeah. the, uh, the, the financial aspect of things is Heidi and I have always been able to communicate those things in the, She's she's pretty good about, you know, not not blowing through money. I I on the other hand have always got you know a horse or a gun or something I have to have, but uh, she's 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 pretty good about managing that. You know, we, we have to pay attention to our food, especially now food and fuel, right? You know, where everything's up exponentially. Um, we we still have to, you know, you have to plan. You know, you have to put some money away that you just don't touch unless it's an emergency. And if that emergency is is cheer camp or mission funds or, you know, it is what it is. So, you know, and, and sometimes you do without. Was your were your parents open with you? Kind of. I, okay. I think I mean, we knew we, we knew we weren't we weren't rich by any means. I mean, my dad was a mailman and a a, a volunteer fireman. And then, you know, my mom. She went, she decided that she needed to get a job later in life. And she ended up, she went to job service looking for a job and they hired her. So then she was a job placement specialist, like right out the gate. So um, we were, we were okay. I mean, we weren't, we weren't poor, but we were able to do things that we wanted to do. And I mean, I appreciate that question that Brad asked, because I think that's one thing sensitive about or it's you know even the way brad framed it like i don't want to mm-hmm. get your business but i, I think it's, it we don't talk enough about that with either our yeah. children or our boys or Certainly. the finances and the money and it, I, and it's it's good to share that it's good, it good to they share need to know you know how much things cost and that's one thing you know we go on on vacations or even to the grocery store i, I enjoy taking my kids with me to the grocery store because they'll say hey can we get this and i said yeah you know let me let me show you this to someone they're like whoa 
especially lately, you know, their, their favorite cereal or whatever, you know, Hey, you know, if you want that, it costs this much, or we can do this and get twice as much. And, and they, they kind of punch into that and, and, Oh, okay. So maybe if I'm really good and do some chores, yeah. You know? And so I think it teaches them a little bit of a, a, a work ethic or a value to things rather than everything's just, just handed to them. Um, and I'm, I'm terrible. And my parents were really good at that with me, but uh, trying to, to, to balance those things out, I think is, is certainly hard. So I got kids that I can't, I can't talk about any kind of finances with like, Hey, you know, we're a little tight this month because it'll be, Oh my gosh, I, I can't, I don't want to turn on my light. I don't want to, you know, so, I mean, all my kids are different yeah. in that aspect. You know, some of them I could sit down and show them the numbers by the numbers and, Oh, Okay. And and others, I just they they can't relate or, or comprehend it. So, you know, personalize it. it. Yeah. Sorry, we're just jumping around here to just before we wrap up. But I'm just so fascinated by your whole family when it comes to your relationship with your kids. Well, and your wife too. You've got limited time off and apart, and you got children with special needs. How do you handle time with wife? And how do you handle time with like, you know, each kid? I don't know if you have even brief little, you know, trip to the hardware store or whatever, just some kind of one-on-one, you and them. I've seen pictures of that, but I wonder how do you keep on top of that stuff? We, we try and, well, with, with me, I, I try and take that when the opportunity, per, you know, presents itself. Uh, my my oldest boys, my oldest three, I really missed out on a lot. I really did because I was... Um, I, I was I was working too much. I was trying to go to school and and work. Uh, there there was a time when I was working at a hospital for the fire department. Uh, I worked for my in laws fixing heavy equipment on the side, and I'm working you know fifty six hours a week at the fire department. I'm working thirty six hours a week at the hospital. I'm working all day Saturday or whatever day I have off. Um, you know, and that that turns into dad's home you know, two nights a week, you know, you, you work, you start pushing that hundred hour a week envelope and, uh, life comes by, life goes by. And I missed a lot with my kids being younger, thinking that I needed to have that money to survive. And, and, you know, it didn't matter. You know, we could have, we'd have survived without it, you know, and that's, there's a lesson for your 20 year old self. Yeah. Yeah, that because that's 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 time I can't get back. That's 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 one of my greatest regrets, is working so damn much. Yeah, because I was I was I was burning the candle at both ends and lit it in the middle, and I did that for about five or six years, and that that was too much, and it 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 almost cost us our marriage. It it, it almost cost, you know, just just too much, and you know I was blessed to be able to come to come down here, from where I was at and what I was doing to where I could still you know, make ends meet and still have that balance. And that that's, that's the thing is, is balance. You know, it's not about money. It's not about, I, I cannot ever get that time back with my kids and my relationship with those boys suffered. And and still to this day, I think it suffered. I mean, we're, we're good. You know, we get along, we do things and we, we have a lot of fun together, but you know, those, those times, those precious times when they're small is, is paramount, you know, and, and i got a little taste of that with, with our other kids, but we, even when we adopted, we had four kids in diapers for crying out loud. Goodness. When they're all stacked up and, uh, 
we had two and thought we were in over our heads and we adopted two more and we thought, oh, I, and me, I, I'm going to go work, babe. I'll see you in a couple. Yeah. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> but, uh, you know, being, being able to spend that time with those little kids, that's so important. That's, I think, I think you said 20 year old self, that's, that's got to be it. Mm-hmm. Spend that time with your kids. Enjoy them while they're young. They'll, they'll be teenagers not want to hang out and talk back to you soon enough. Maybe that's when you go work the extra hard hours. <laughs> well, I, I'm tell you, they don't get any cheaper. They, <laughs> you, you think they're expensive when they're little. They get older. They just, yeah. it's a whole, or, whole different program. The, the games get more expensive. Yep. <laughs> yep. Problems get bigger. You know, need a place to live, need a car, need a college, need, and, you know, help out where you can. So I've got two more questions for you. Maybe, I don't know if you have anything to wrap up here, Jimmy, but, um, what is something that you want to improve that you're still kind of working at and you, you would really like to master and get better with or something you want to stop doing? I mean, what's one thing out there that you really want to make a significant change in? I, I think for me, I am, I am super jaded on people and society. Mm. I hate everybody the same. I can't imagine why. I hate, I hate everybody the same. You know, I'm, and it's, it's it's not any one particular people, but I I really uh, and I'm kind of getting on top of it. But there's 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 some time there where I just I hated people. I'd go to work, you know, and I'd come home and I didn't I didn't want to go anywhere, do anything. Let's let's go away, let's go to the mountains, let's go hide somewhere. I, I don't want to be around people. I don't trust them. I don't like them. You know, aside from my people, you know, my family and right. whatever. But uh, I, I think that's something I need to do better with. You think the career did that? On. Is that your temperament? I, I mean, think it's a combination. I don't think it's any one thing. But my experience with, you know, being, seeing the things that I see, what people do to each other, seeing the, the abuse, the neglect, the, the, the freaking evil mm. that people will embody and do to each other is just I, I think that probably 90 you know 95 percent of the population has no freaking clue what goes on and happens in their neighborhoods and it, it even happened you know it's even in happy valley mm-hmm. but uh thank you for that i um feel like that was delivered just for me um i i work a lot with the human and sex trafficking and to hear someone who's been in that type of environment for 20 years to remind someone who's relatively young in that path of being mindful of that. Um, it, it's freaking heartbreaking. It's, it is heartbreaking. And it's used all the words I would have, I've yeah, used before the, evil. The, it's mm-hmm. the, the atrocities. Yeah. There, there's no, no <clears throat> calling it anything other than that. Mm-mm. It's evil. Mm-hmm. And to see what, grown ass men will do to an infant mm-hmm. be it sexual be it violent let alone what they'll do to an adult or a teenager or an adolescent but uh i i know there's a just god and my my belief in god and my my belief system my religion keeps me from killing those people and and i i say that with a, as much conviction as I can tell you, because there's people out there that, that I have come across and I have been very close to when 
very near after these things have been done and committed that I, I would really love to see a bolt of lightning just take them. I, I don't think I want to kill them, but I would sure love to help them make that meeting with Jesus. You said you were kind of working on that and you were coming, getting around to your improving the ability, mm-hmm. you know, improving your ability to not hate everyone. I hate all people. What are you do? How's that happening? I, I think that's just a change in me. I've, I've got to look for the good. Um, and not, not dwell I, again, you know, everything has its place and having that disdain for that, I think is okay. Um, but I can't dwell on it. I can't let it come into my car when I go home. I definitely can't let it into my home when I get home. And, you know, for, for me, I, I've always tried to build our, our home as a safe place. And it, I, I try and tell my kids and instill in them, you know, anything you need or want to talk about, let's have it. If you need to go in the other room, let's have it. This is a safe place. This is our, our fortress. You know, the evil of the world's outside, keep it there. This is our happy place. This is our fortress. And we'll deal with the things we need to deal with in here. And we will cast those bad things out the door. And I, I need to focus on that a lot more. Um, and, I, and I want my children to understand that, that that's something that I, I, I want them to feel comfortable there. And I want, you know, the neighbor kids to feel comfortable there. I want my neighbors to feel comfortable there, my friends to feel comfortable there, because that is, that's, that's what it's for. That's home. That's a safe place. If you need to come and cry on the shoulder, cry on the shoulder. If you need to come and borrow something, whatever, that's, that's why we're here. We're here to help each other out. And I, I think that focusing on that for me, you know, and, and I've got a couple of good friends that I can go and sit down and chat with and, and do those things. And that's, that's good for me to get it off my chest. You know, the, the calls we have or the things that we see and do. And, you know, those are, those are etched. Those aren't, those are never leaving, but I've got to be able to compartmentalize that. And occasionally you get a smell or a sound or something that brings it right back in your face. And you got to be able to open that door and say, okay, that's everybody get organized again. Okay. We're good. Put it over there and then focus on the good that's in front of you. I said I had two questions, but I really have another one. So, I'm curious if it's not too personal. Have you ever like talked to a professional, even from when you were a kid through adulthood, through marriage, through all of your things that you've done with, you know, your job experiencing trauma, because that's something a lot of dudes are afraid of. And I'm wondering if you've ever talked to a like mental health person, just even on a brief. Um, I'll tell you the, the scaredest I've ever been for getting a job. When I was down here, they sent me in with a guy, they gave us this, like a 2000 question test. And then the, the shrink come in and after we got all the answers, he took us back and I'm sitting there with like 15 other people. And these guys are going in five, 10 minutes are coming out. They're going in five, 10 minutes are coming out. I spent 45 minutes in there with this guy. I'm thinking, what is I'm done. It's not happening. And, uh, you know, I left and he was laughing and kidding and joking with me and come out and, what what the hell happened, Baker? What are, what are you doing in there for, you know, for, you're in there for an hour, man. What? I, like, I don't know. So, so clearly there's some puzzles here, but you know, that, that's really been my only experience. We, we've had interviews for our adoptions and we've had, you know, like when you've come out to our home or sent, sent the others out home studies and those kinds of things. And, and I'm, 
surprised we were able to adopt anybody with the craziness of my house. But Would you if you felt like you needed to? I mean, maybe you've maintained, you've got a lot of good habits, you have a lot of, uh, you've got your spirituality, you've got, you know, some just strong family values, a lot of good things going on. If you felt like you were had crashed and burned or your marriage or would you talk to would you go to talk to someone like me or Jimmy if you if you felt like you well, know, Jimmy you, Jimmy maybe <laughs> you know nice. I, that's fun I, no I, I you know there's there's a there's a time and a place for everything and there's times when you know what and and I've I've recommended people to go to go and see professionals that have come to me to talk and you know I'm not I'm not trained in in the mind shrinkage that that you guys are I, I don't know what to call it that but uh, pretty much it. yeah i mean you know you take those take those compartments and open them up and figure it out sort it out put it back i you know i, I think i would i mean i i i don't know I, i'm sure there's been times in my life where i probably should have probably would have saved me some heartache mm-hmm. you know but i'm that guy i like to run into the wall a few times before before i get settled in but uh get out there gallop on your horse that'll that'll heal some things yeah, you actually know? actually no the- that's I, I haven't been able to ride a horse for about a month now, I had a little incident. Oh, so. what'd you do? <laughs> what happened to you? I, I got it. I got a new horse. See, I'm learning my <laughs> my hobby. See, I'm I'm learning how to rope and be a cowboy. Ah, I'm more of a I'm more of a groupie. I'm okay. more of a roping groupie. But uh, anyway, I was out of I was out of position, and it I pushed it a little bit harder than I should have, and it was a new horse for me, and it hadn't it hadn't been really roped on for quite a while, and I kicked it up, and it started hopping when we were going, and it didn't didn't do too well, so. I, t- I tore my groin. I don't recommend that. <laughs> I tell you right now that that is something that you don't want messed up. You mm-hmm. want that intact. You're like one of the, you're just like an all American, you know, dude. I don't know. You got horses and chickens and you're like breaking this new horse, learning how to rope. No, it wasn't a new horse. It was new to me. No. The guy, the guy that had it was like, man, I had that for, I had that for 15 years. Never hurt me. What, <laughs> what do you do to my horse? <laughs> I don't know. You, you know, you give me a brand new truck, I'll make it break down. So last question, and then I have something else here. Um, what is the most alpha thing about you? And and by that, we've, we've been trying to kind of clean up what we want to say about that, but that is just your highest, noblest, most gift. You know, the, the talent that you have that is very strong in you and that you can really recognize as maybe a gift or a talent, some special strength that you have. What's What's the best thing about you? Well, I, I hope that it's that it's being a man of my word. And I think that, you know, if I tell you I'm going to do something, it's going to get done. And if you ask me to do something, I tell you I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my damnedest to get it done. And I, I think that that's, you know, being being true to my word, I think, is probably back, back that up with your actions. That's some of the good stuff, man. You have this old soul, you know, and living not, in this, not that old, and then this modern on, world. I, I've been saying your soul is old, <laughs> <laughs> but you've got some really awesome, you know, I, I just, I really appreciate you being here today. Jimmy, you have anything you want to share or ask or anything before we wrap up here? No, I appreciate the questions. Thank you. Um, yeah, just appreciate what you represent and your service. I think that's an really appropriate answer of just cherishing your word, right? The four agreements, like that's that's a big deal. And I can see the the Eagle Scout, the Boy Scout, is really helped to instill that. And um, I I appreciate even you know you're sharing earlier 
just the softening of your eyes when something very tender came to your heart and your mind. And so thank you. It, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm kind of baffled that you guys asked me here. I guess nobody else would show up or you'd screw <laughs> Not up on Memorial Day weekend. It's Sunday at 5 o'clock. I got I got weird times <laughs> off, so I don't go anywhere on the holidays. I'll wait I'll wait until the middle of the week and go places because I know what it's like out there right now. So part of the reason that we wanted to uh, invite you here is because you were nominated and selected from the Facebook group of about sixteen hundred men throughout the world as the tw- nominated and selected as the twenty twenty two Alpha Quorum Father of the Year. Jason has there. There must be eight some children. slackers out there. <laughs> no, you're the cream of the crop. <laughs> I don't know about that. So just to verify, because I didn't want to mm-hmm. just go by Facebook pictures alone, I actually asked your wife and children to tell me if that is true, if this could be real about you. And here's what your wife said. Her name's Heidi. Mm-hmm. The thing I love most about Jason is that he always makes me laugh. He'll do anything to make me and our kids have a good life. Baxter. Our father is the most selfless and giving man that I know. Bridger. He's always willing to help anyone. Boston. He will always go out of his way to help anyone in need. Brielle. Dad is a good dad because he helps me when I'm sick and takes care of me and helps other people too. Brinley, I love my dad. Dad is the best. He helps learn the easy and hard things in life. He helps me when I'm sick and he helps me with all my problems. I love my dad. Bristol, I love my dad because he's always there when I need him and he helps me and my siblings become the best version of ourselves. Bracken, my dad is awesome. I love that he takes me fishing in the rhino and to fun places. Bodell, I love my dad. I love that he takes me to Disneyland and he is also a big show off, but I still love him. <laughs> Dude, Man, you, you got me looking for the tissues. I, know, I love it. Jack wagon. I hate you guys. Oh, this is what a beautiful. I hate, I hate my kids. So we, we have a couple of that uh, stuff. Have a couple things for you. Um, so I made these shirts and hats and nobody will buy them. I was giving like, them, I them, them. I was giving away for free. I was only going to charge right. the shipping. Damn it. And That'll nobody work. would even. So I've got a couple stickers here. We'll pass that around to Jimmy. Got a flashy snapback uh, no. hat. Do I take the sticker off of that, or do I wear it with the sticker on? Well, that looks like please take the sticker off. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the, the... The NEAU stands for No Excuses Alpha Up. I like it. There's a shirt here. I, that's an extra large. You'll have to tell me if you need a bigger one. That shit fits I've, you. I've been wearing extra medium all my life, man. It's perfect <laughs> right there. you built like this. you got to have something. Here's a $100 gift card. Holy crap. And then this, I'll just open this. You got to be careful with this because it's a little bit fragile, fragile. But I'll just have them send over there to look at this. You can put somewhere. It's not crystal. It's just acrylic, so don't drop it. Wow. But brother, I, I'm yeah. Thank you. I'm I'm honored and floored and disheveled and <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. Thank you. It's it should go to my wife. Well, brother, we know you're not perfect. No one is, but to be willing 
you've added five members of your family and your household that didn't, that weren't born there. And that's a badass. You take advantage of the opportunities that you have. You've admitted some faults, you know, and some things you regretted with your older boys and time. And you're, you're trying to keep it right with their mom. As far as, you know, she's the queen of that castle and you're just doing what you can. And you're, you're trying to listen. You're trying to be patient. You're trying to prepare your mind as you walk in the house. You're a great provider. I mean, you got chickens, those kids are this, you're a one percenter. You're you're a one percenter. You know what I mean? Like seriously, I just believe that you've got some incredible values. You do have a kind of a, a rough old school John Wayne way about you, but that's probably, there's some of that that's missing in the world. And we could, we could, we could add that as well as your tender side, the part that choked up here, just so everybody knows he did actually, there was a couple of tears that kind of no, sw- deny swole. It. I bet Brad, $100 we could get you to cry. So yeah. thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, it's easy. It's not, it, you know. Anyway, congratulations on that, man. And thank you for being here. You have a great thank voice you. for this. You are an excellent speaker. I've got a face for radio. I know that. <laughs> no, you dude. seriously. <laughs> we're going to have you back because you, I, I just, I know that there's a lot more. We can't get it all in one hour show here or whatever, but appreciate what you bring to this and what you've done to, to yeah. share with our community. And you've, you've just sacrificed a lot. You've sacrificed a lot of your own time, your family time, a lot of gas money from where you live to where you work. And I just really appreciate you as just one of the best men that I know. I know that means you, you got to get out. Not you got to get out, buddy. <laughs> See, get out of that chair. Bro. Yeah, dude, you got to go outside and look around and meet some people. One of these days, I'm going to bring my family up to your house. We have eight in our household, so six kids. You We're got an show open up, invite, buddy. Anytime you want to show up. over up. there and knock on the door. But anyway, thank you again thank for you. being here, man. You guys, it's, it's this, is, this is Alpha. This is a guy who shared some things he's learned along the way. He's almost 50, uh, but he looks, like he's, looks like he's almost 30. No. And mm-hmm. uh, we just want to, again, thank you again. Jason Baker, 2022 Alpha Corn Father of the Year. You guys, until next time, no excuses. Alpha. Alpha. Thanks, Jason. My pleasure. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum. <laughs>